Hello and welcome to the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast, Big Top Takeaway, where I, your host, Nia Thomas, will be taking you through a review of my top takeaways from my discussions with all 10 of my guests in Series 1. After every episode, I've been doing a review of my top takeaways from my discussion with my guests. In this bonus episode, I'm going to be bringing together all of those reviews for you in case you haven't had a chance to read my top takeaways article or catch up on any of my video clips on TikTok and YouTube. So join me on my learning journey as I take you through my top takeaways from episode one to episode 10. In episode one, I talked to Sarah Metcalf, Chief Happiness Officer at Happy Coffee Consulting and co-lead at the Woohoo Partnership. Sarah talked about giving feedback. When you give feedback, you should always consider how others want to receive it, not just how you want to give it. If you give feedback in a way that you like to receive it, you might really misjudge the situation and find yourself breaking down an otherwise positive and effective working relationship. So make sure you know your colleagues and yourself so that feedback works for both of you and you can benefit your colleagues. The ebb and flow of self-awareness. There's a palpable movement for greater self-awareness in the workplace, but the wave of change we saw in COVID seems to have receded a little. The workplace well-being perks of the noughties like free food and coffee were stripped away when we were all in lockdown and we saw the bare well-being policies of organisations. Since the end of the lockdowns, some positive changes have ebbed and we need to work hard to accelerate the next flow towards improved well-being. The Emperor's New Clothes Ineffective leaders are like the Emperor's New Clothes. No one wants to be the one to point out the lack of effectiveness. If we want to become more effective, we need to become more curious about what we could do better. Self-awareness is a leadership skill, and if you don't have it, should you be a leader at all? You need to leave your ego at the door. In episode two, I talked to Sally Evans, who's an organisational psychologist, now working in the area of organisational development, leadership development. She's also an international consultant, an executive coach, a facilitator and a doctoral student. Sally talks about the power shift. In recent years, and more so because of COVID, the power shift has changed from employers to employees. We've really seen this with the improvement and development in the areas of employee engagement and well-being over the last two, two years. And homeworking is another key factor in that power shift. Shadows. When we're in leadership, we cast a long shadow. I hadn't heard this saying before, but it's absolutely true. Leaders and organisations impact a great number of people. And if we're not aware of this and the impact we have on others, we can negatively impact individuals and our organisation. What questions? Use what questions to develop your self-awareness. Rather than reflecting on and getting others to uh, give you feedback on how did I do, start asking what questions. What can I do differently? What can I do to help you? These questions draw out far more useful and practical information and feeds forward rather than feeds back. And this is exactly what the brilliant Tasha Urick says in her book, Insight. When a team says no, when you've developed the culture and confidence across your team that allows them to disagree with you in an open, constructive way, you know you've achieved that psychological safety that helps teams problem solve, innovate and grow. We also talked about barriers. 
When leaders are lacking in reflection and thinking time and suffering from stress and exhaustion, all of these things form barriers to effective self-awareness and effective leadership. Leaders who want to reflect and have the ability to reflect are really impeded by doing so when there's a lack of time, exhaustion and stress. In episode three, I talked to Donald Henderson and Sathpal Singh. Together, they run the Future of Work Scotland virtual group that talks about future work trends and in particular, agile working. We talked about this idea of lesser strengths, and it was something that Sathpal said. When we think about strengths and weaknesses, maybe we should be more constructive in thinking about weaknesses as lesser strengths. When we develop teams, we should look to build our teams with people with different strengths so that between us, we can become a team of balanced strengths. Accidental leaders. In its development course, the Chartered Management Institute talks about the accidental leader and generally it means those that have been promoted due to technical skills, but without the management and relational skills and training to build, develop, manage and lead successful teams. We talked about objectives and consensus. In order to be able to lead a team, you need to help them to reach commonality of objectives and consensus in the actions to take to reach them. To do this, you need to have relational skills to enable people to help them come together and work together. And we talked about nurturing others. Effective leaders encourage the development of others by nurturing, mentoring and coaching them to improve their knowledge and skills. Great leaders need to create other leaders. In episode four, I spoke to Alison Smith, who's the author of Landscaping Your Life. Alison describes herself as a speaker, a coach, a trainer, an author, a poet and a podcaster. We talked about metaphors for problem solving. Metaphors allow you to step out of your logic and view problems and problem solving from a different perspective can't see the wood for the trees is a metaphor that Alison uses that allow people to look at solving problems, regaining your vision from a very different perspective on the problem that you're actually experiencing at the time. From another perspective, all the reasons you have on your list for why you resist change are likely to be the same as those on the list of someone else. So be aware and consider the change you're trying to instigate and consider all of those resistors on your list. Explore different styles of communication and behaviour to undermine those resistors and move you to a position where you can achieve the change you want. Authenticity. The more self-aware you become, the more layers you're able to peel away to reveal your authentic self. When people appreciate that your behaviour is coming from a place of awareness and authenticity, they're more able to respond positively to you. When people cover themselves in layers and mask their true selves, it makes relationship forming much more difficult. We have to own and accept all of our parts, good or bad. The meaning of the communication is the response you get. If people understand what you're saying in a way that you didn't intend, it's not their understanding that needs a refresh, but rather your communication of the message. They're not getting it wrong. Your communication just isn't reaching them. In episode five, I spoke to Gunther Verheyen. 
Gunther is an independent Scrum caretaker on a journey of humanising the workplace with Scrum. We talked about empathy. Self-awareness is the foundation of empathy. To be empathic, you need to understand your own drivers and behaviours, the behaviours of others and how you impact others. Without a real understanding of emotions and behaviours, you're going to fail to grasp the real meaning of empathy, which is going to impede your ability to truly understand and develop effective relationships with your work colleagues. Emotions in the workplace. It's inhuman to expect people to hide their emotions in the workplace. When people climb the career ladder, it's as if they leave their human side behind. In reality, that's not normal, it's not natural, and it's just not possible. It adds to individual stress and overlays a pressure on people to behave inauthentically, eventually exacerbating the work pressures that lead to burnout. Self-organising teams. When we talk about leadership at all levels, we can think about self-organising teams. These are teams where the leadership moves to different individuals with different skill sets based on the work that needs to be done at the time. Working within the framework of Scrum, where work programmes develop in response to outputs and outcomes of previous work programmes, means that leadership, and therefore leads, are constantly changing response to need. This way of working, people claim authority without having hierarchical authority. Shared problem solving. When you use the Scrum methodology and allow the leadership of a work programme to move in response to the challenge, you take the pressure off the strategic level managers. In the industrial paradigm, where the traditional command and control management structure dominates, there's an expectation for those at the top always to have the answers. With Scrum and leadership rotating through a team, it takes the pressure off those senior managers and allows them to operate in a more human-centric way. Change combats obsolescence. Unless companies become more flexible, agile, responsive, innovative and able to capitalise on unforeseen opportunities, they're going to become obsolete. In doing so, they need to engage their people, particularly those in the quiet quitting group, as a way of ensuring they remain relevant to the market. The turnover in the world's top 50 and top 100 companies is increasing. Companies that are entering and leaving the list are increasing, and the time they're spending on the list is decreasing, meaning that the relevance to the marketplace is key to ongoing survival. Unless companies embrace change, they're just doomed to fail. The Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast is sponsored by LCVA Services, a multi-award winning trailblazing virtual assistant company. Do you struggle to find the time to complete your essential and time-consuming administrative tasks? Is social media taking up too much of your time? In today's competitive, fast-paced world, it can be overwhelming trying to do it all and still have the time to focus on doing the things that you do best. If you need support to take your business to the next level, LCVA Services can help you. LCVA's talented team of virtual assistants can help you with administration and organisation, diary management, finances, inspiring social media posts and event organisation. LCVA's virtual presence means that location is no barrier and they already have happy customers around the world. Here's what some happy customers have to say. Thanks LCVA Services for event management support at the CIPD Wales People Management Awards. 
Laura is brilliant, exceptional organisation and communication skills, and always uses her initiative. We love that we can leave our business in her safe hands and feel confident that she will manage and stay on top of things in our absence. Would 100% recommend Laura and LCVA services. Book your discovery call with Laura Payne, Director at LCVA Services now at lcvaservices.com. In episode six, I talk to Joanna Rawbone, who helps mid-career introverts develop authentic presence through group coaching and virtual coaching. She describes herself as an introvert advocate and she's working to shift the extroversion bias. And Joanna spoke to me a little about the extroversion bias. We're surrounded by an unspoken understanding that those out at the front shouting loudest are better than those sitting at the back quietly. The extroversion bias is real and embedded in our social and professional world. We wonder what's wrong with children who like to read quietly on their own from time to time, and we ask what's the problem with the employee that doesn't speak in meetings. If organisations are serious about the equality, diversity and inclusion agenda, they need to consider neurodiversity in all its forms. The available introvert. When we think about the definition of self-awareness through the lens of introversion, we should consider that the availability of introverts to both others and themselves is different based on whether their batteries are full or empty. Self-awareness is about reflection, exploration, feedback, and seeing as much as oneself as is available at the time. Situational humility. It takes self-awareness and humility to say, I don't know, I've never experienced this before. In receiving input advice and feedback on the situation, we need to consider whether we're able to stay present, accept it and work with it. We all have a learning process to go through to receive feedback constructively and effectively and having the humility to be vulnerable and the confidence to be open to feedback are two essential early steps. Introvert leaders. Introverts make different kinds of leaders and are often found leading from within rather than than from a position of hierarchical power. They're more accepting of people leading at different times and from different levels, appreciating that different skills are required to achieve different goals at different times. Echo chambers. When leaders surround themselves with people like them in a space where they aren't afforded the space to speak up, an echo chamber is created, which is really unhelpful for improving leader self-awareness. Middle managers often create this primeval swamp where messages from below and above go in, but they never come out. Messages are filtered through middle management, evidencing the dire need to increase cognitive diversity to ensure that this filtering doesn't become censorship. Recruitment. The extroversion bias is highly evidenced in recruitment practices, reinforcing the idea that introverts just aren't good enough, making some people feel the need to hire interview coaches to up their extroversion levels for the experience. This leads to employment of people who can't sustain the facade and ultimately it leads to burnout when people can't maintain the pretense. We need to think about the equality of contribution at interview, not the quantity. Moral compass. Being self-aware doesn't automatically equal an individual with a strong moral compass. They may have good awareness of themselves and others and still choose to behave unethically, unkindly and immorally. Managers and leaders. 
Managers ought to be able to lead, but leaders don't always have to be able to manage. In episode 7, I spoke to Alison Lagier, who is now retired from the Welsh National Health Service, but had a number of roles from mental health nursing to director of planning to an interim chief executive. Alison spoke about reflection in clinical practice. Clinician self-awareness impacts on clinician behaviour and therefore clinician interactions with their patients. As a part of training, learning and development, clinical supervision is a key component of identifying thoughts, beliefs and reflecting on behaviour and practice. Clinical supervision between clinician and supervisor establishes that habitual reflective practice that is equally valuable in clinical roles as non-clinical roles. Power and impact. Regardless of whether a strategic leader is comfortable or accepting of their power of position or not, others around them will behave in response to that perceived power. It's the role of that strategic leader to ensure that others' perceptions don't become barriers to engagement and achieving goals. Leaders have got to be aware of their impact on others. Just walking into a room has an impact. With an awareness of impact comes the need to be adaptable, the need to listen and the need to have a genuine desire to understand other people's points of view. Strategic leaders need to find a way to talk to colleagues about their goals and to be aware of the impact of all of their behaviour, to bring people along the journey with them. Always ask, what will be the impact on the patient? What will be the impact on the staff? Unofficial influences. The unofficial influencers are those without those leadership titles that can both help and derail the achievement of goals. They can be really skilled at listening, speaking confidently and detangling others' challenges and presenting those challenges to others. They're often able to articulate issues on behalf of other people and they have intuitive skills that bring people together. As a strategic level manager and exec, it's really important to recognise those individuals and bring them along the journey to achieving goals. It's important to use the right people for the right job. Find the people with the skills and give them the opportunity to lead and represent voices, teams and organisations. Engage everybody. Because feedback is filtered at the strategic level, those at that level need to actively seek feedback, opinion and views. Seeking advice from others is even more important because without having honest and unfiltered input, you may not be able to achieve your goal and your plan might simply be undeliverable. Take others with you. A project might be longer in the planning, but delivery will be more attainable and the process shorter. If you don't, the planning may take a far shorter time, but the delivery is going to be fraught with problems and obstacles and you're going to have lots of unhappy people along the way. In episode 8, I spoke to Robertson Hunter-Stewart, who has extensive experience in the hotel industry. He's also an author, keynote speaker, and leadership and management consultant and coach. We talked about flipping the mirror. An effective way to develop your self-awareness is to be constantly asking yourself, how did I do? Did I interrupt that person? Could I have done that any better? In doing that, thinking about your behaviour from the viewpoint of the person on the other side of the mirror can be really helpful. 
Think about how you appear not just in the mirror to yourself, but the mirror from the perspective of of people looking in. You'll never know the answer to everything. If you don't know the answer, find your confidence to say so. When you acknowledge what you don't know, you've got the chance to learn and develop. If you tell a fib and a little white lie to cover up your lack of knowledge, you'll find yourself in a tricky situation when it's discovered later on down the line. Behaviour is all-encompassing. As a leader, model the behaviour you want to see in all situations. Rob gives the example of a manager telling people off about not being nice to customers and the manager is using a very negative method to try and elicit this positive behaviour, which, when you think about it, is pretty counterintuitive. If you want staff to be nicer to customers, be nicer to your staff. Taking the weight. When there's an ineffective executive leader in an organisation, the senior management team might have to take the weight of responsibility in leading the organisation and delivering on objectives. The ability of those senior managers to take the weight depends on the severity of the ineffectiveness at the executive level. When the lack of competence radiates beyond that senior team, the future of the organisation is then really under threat. Followership. Followers are innately aware of what effective leadership is. And followers who have experienced effective leaders will become effective leaders and put into practice the behaviour they've observed and experienced. In episode nine, I spoke to Jackie Frost, who is a resilient leaders consultant and coach and has a wealth of experience as a teacher, a head teacher and an advisor and support to other head teachers. The self-awareness concept. Self-awareness on the face of it is a pretty simple concept until you start talking about it and exploring it. Then you realise it's like unpeeling an onion and discovering that there's another layer to be explored and another. Adapt your behaviour. Self-awareness is about noticing things all of the time and being brutally honest with yourself about your behaviour and your performance. A behaviour and style that works for you in one situation might not work for you in another. So keep your antennae on at all times. And this idea of adapting your behaviour is the essence of my third layer of self-awareness, which I call regulation. So regulating your behaviour means you're able to apply your self-awareness cycle of reflection, recognition and regulation in the moment to adapt your behaviour to influence the responses you get. Little leadership. Both Jackie Frost in episode 9 and Sophie Bryan, who you'll hear in episode 7 of series 2, talk about the leadership behaviours we see in young children. Some children can be observed gathering groups together, advocating for quieter voices and achieving consensus. And this definitely supports my research, which found that leadership is an innate ability, which you can only hone and develop through training. You can't create it from scratch. Do as I do. The idea of modelling behaviour is something we talk about, but not everyone has a real grasp of what it really means. Colleagues and followers pick up on the framework of nuances of your behaviour and implement them in their contexts. So if I read my phone in a meeting with you, you'll think it's okay to take your phone into a meeting with someone else. I like the old adage, do as I say, don't do as I do, which really highlights the irony that no follower is ever going to act on a leader's instruction if the leader themselves does the exact opposite. Delegation. 
Delegation's a sign of self-aware leadership. When leaders know themselves well enough to know what they don't know, they're able to delegate effectively to someone who does, and that demonstrates that self-awareness. If you model that you know and do everything, it de-skills and disempowers people around you, meaning that you then put yourself in a position of having to know the answers to everything and having to make the decisions about everything. In episode 10, I spoke to Matt Stone, who helps mid-market companies humanise their growth strategy. He's the CEO of Behavioural OS and has a background as a lawyer. We talked about this idea that relationships are dynamic. Within relationships, we're always moving closer or moving further apart. Relationships are never in stasis and they are never static. We need to appreciate that we dance with each other and we're always in motion. We should never view relationships as still and take them for granted. We're all squishy, complicated, and we come with our own different flavours, and we dance to different tunes. Trust is core to relationships. Whether you're talking about a marriage or a business relationship, there are commonalities in making a relationship a good relationship. Trust is at the core of relationships, and all kinds of relationships need trust to be effective. None of us are as aware as we think we are. Limited internal and external self-awareness is always a part of team breakdown. When a team is at risk of breakdown and there's a lack of trust and poor communication, the self-awareness of an individual or individuals is always one of the causative factors. Denial feeds the problem. Taking stock, recognising problems and taking responsibility moves you from denial to acceptance of the existence of a problem. Once you've accepted its existence, you have to take 100% responsibility for your 50% of the relationship. When you're willing to take responsibility, we have a chance of working out what both of us can do to fix the problem. Self-awareness gives you choices. When we understand our range of behaviour, we give ourselves a range of choices of how we want to behave in a given situation. So we get to respond, not just react This is what I call the regulation layer of self-awareness. When we pay attention to how others want to dance, we have the choice of how we want to dance with them. To tango or not to tango, that is the question. Thank you for joining me, your host, Nia Thomas, on the Knowing Self, Knowing Others Big Top Takeaway of Series 1. Remember to bookmark the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast on your favourite podcast player so that you're notified when the first episode of Series 2 goes live on the 2nd of January 2023. When I did a poll on LinkedIn asking people where they mainly listen to my podcast, they said they listened on their commute, so I'm going to be bringing you the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast every other Monday in Series 2, ready for your commute. Rates, reviews and recommendations from you are the best way to get the word out about the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast. Open your favourite podcast app, find the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast, take a listen to some episodes, give it some stars and write a little review. A little word from you means a big deal to me. You can connect with me and the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast on LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter and Reddit. You can also catch up on my blog and top takeaways review on knowingselfknowingothers.co.uk. The Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, 
Podchaser, Amazon Music, Podcast Index, Podcast Addict, Pocket Casts, Deezer, 